All right, we are back. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. Second half of the show, I'm featuring Elizabeth Moore, who's standing by. She's the author of The Dreaming Road. Good morning, Elizabeth. Good morning. Thanks for calling in. Uh, No problem. Glad to talk with you. I was really intrigued by your book. Now, this is based on the personal experience you had losing your daughter. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Yes, I lost my uh, daughter, Kathy, in 2002. Oh, I'm so sorry. I would like to talk, actually, about the process of writing this book, because it's really intriguing how you blended the, the personal loss and how you wrote about this. Yes, um, it was really interesting, um, kind of how it all evolved. It started out the diary. Uh, when I went to my daughter's funeral, a very kind lady after the funeral suggested to me that I start a diary uh, so I could record my experiences and my thoughts and feelings after her death. And she said that, you know, if I kept journaling over several years, I would be able to see kind of a timeline for my recovery. Mm-hmm. And I had kind of always journaled in the past, and so I thought that maybe this would help me. I was at that time desperately seeking anything that would make me feel better. So I started I started writing, and then I was in the process of writing, I started to, you know, start, started to communicate, actually, with Cassie. And so I started writing down, you know, I would ask her questions, and I would hear answers in my mind. And it was you know, kind of an extraordinary thing. I didn't know if it was my imagination or if it was something that was really real. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of amazing to me how it all transpired. So here's a question for you. Did you suspect that your daughter was troubled at the time, or was this, did this come as a complete surprise? That was going um, yeah. Uh, oftentimes, unfortunately, suicide in teenagers sometimes just comes out of the blue, and it just hits you broadside. I mean, we all knew that she was a little bit depressed. She had told me one time um, that her best friend suggested that she talk with me because she was feeling a little bit depressed. Mm-hmm. And so I took her to um, a therapist, and the therapist told me, well, she's just having a little bit of the exaggeration of the normal ups and downs of teenagers, nothing to worry about, but maybe we should um, have her doctor prescribe her antidepressant just in case. And this was the time when um, there wasn't that black box warning on antidepressants, and no one knew that um, if you start taking them sometimes with teenagers, it increases the uh, amount of suicidal ideation that we have, so we had no idea. And she went to prom. She had a great time. I took her to the beach. It was just uh, a shot out of the blue. Um, It was, you know, Mm -hmm. there was no, she'd never mentioned before. She was thinking about suicide. Um, Nothing like that. And all, she was the life of the party. She had tons of friends. She wasn't the kind of child that you would think was depressed or one that you would worry about. Mm -hmm. So it was like, um, yeah, it was like just a shot out from nowhere. Oh, you know, I, I actually uh, lost a friend to suicide, and uh, she was taking antidepressants. Um, and I cannot believe, you know, here's the fine print, or the, the fast talk at the end of the commercial might, might cause suicidal tendencies. Right. And I exactly. just can't believe that, that they think they're giving you this magic pill, which can cause more horrific, you know, problems. Right. 
Right. Um, yeah. Actually, I've been doing some, I said I'm a, a researcher too. I've been doing um, some looking into uh, treatments for things like post-traumatic stress disorder. And actually they're finding that um, trauma-based therapy is better than medication. I think we tend to over-medicate people here oh, yes. in the U.S. because um, it's an easy fix. Um, and we need to really think about sitting down and talking with people about what's really going on with them. And I think really that will prove to be more effective than medicating them. You know, I just picked up the paper yesterday, and I see this um, UCI student on the cover talking about depression and anxiety. I feel like we live in this time where so many kids are so stressed for so many reasons. There's so much of this going on that people aren't aware of. Oh, yeah. I, I, I totally agree with you. There's so much, you know, with social media now. I mean, when I, I'm like in my mid-60s, and so when I was growing up, and, you know, teenagers always have a difficult time, but, you know, there weren't things posted about you that you didn't want other people to know on Facebook and stuff like that. I don't think the bullying was quite as rampant as it is now. I mean, there's no way to escape it anymore, and I think, you know, kids get very very distressed, you know, when things like that happen. The peer group is the most important thing to them, and when things like that happen, I think it can really precipitate a deep depression. Yes. So let's get back to your book a little bit. Let's talk about, you know, you're, you're writing about spirituality and, the pow- and yes. you know, it's the, all the power of journaling. Um, could you talk about that process? Uh, well, kind of what happened with uh, the journaling is it was a way, one of the things that happens with suicide survivors, unfortunately, is no one really knows what to tell you, what to say to you. I sometimes got the feeling that people kind of avoided me. They were uncomfortable being around me, and they did better. Everybody seemed to do better if I just acted normal. Mm-hmm. And so, sure. you know, I tried to go back to work fairly soon. I, I, I tried to just resume my normal activities, but all this stuff was just seeping inside me. And I really didn't have anyone to talk to about it who had a similar experience. So I kind of took to writing because I, I could, you know, I, I think one of the things that people do that's really not healthy long-term is to bury their, their, all these feelings that they have around something that's that traumatic. And by journaling, it was a way for me to bring it to the surface, you know, so I could look at it. I could, you know, one of the things that really troubled me was what signs I had possibly missed and what had been going on in her life that I didn't know about. And so I could write all that stuff down and get it out on paper and kind of look at it. And then a way, sometimes by writing it, I could kind of step back from it just slightly and maybe be slightly more objective about what was really going on rather than being so immersed in all this grief and all this trauma. And it really did help me cope. And then when she started to communicate with me in dreams and I started writing down all the dreams in as much detail as I could, that was really healing too. So I kind of went through the process of first writing down all the devastation that I was going through, and then the hope came in with the dreams and starting to, you know, talk to some mediums and communicate with her that way and then starting to hear her in my head. And I wrote all that down, and Mm -hmm. it was just like an amazing, amazing experience. It was like she wasn't really lost to me. And I thought, you know, she was gone. She wasn't. It's amazing. Were there people that were skeptical when you were talking about, you know, I'm communicating with my daughter, even though she's no longer alive, and... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I really didn't tell many people about it because, and you know, most people, especially with a scientific background, mm-hmm. um, would just say, well, 
you know, it's really nice that you think that way, but really, you know, based on my perspective, it's probably wishful thinking, you know, yeah. or my imagination. Yeah, that nobody, <laughs> you know, except for some people who had similar experiences to mine in communicating with people who passed over, had vivid dreams of relatives after they passed over. They were the only ones that believed me. Everybody else thought I was losing it a little right. bit. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like writing this book was very cathartic. After losing your daughter, yes. I mean, you became a detective to kind of uncover what was going on in right. her life, but it became very cathartic to write this. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it really started, I really started healing when I could start, when I could communicate with her again. And it was so interesting, you know, I, I think people kind of shut out this belief that they can communicate directly with people from the other side. I just found that if I just got really quiet, really calm, um, sat at and asked her a question, and I just waited. I would hear something in my mind. I would hear some sort of response in my mind, and I wouldn't censor it. I wouldn't say, oh, this is just my imagination. I'm just dreaming all this up. I will write down everything that I heard, and the more I did it, the easier it became. And so I'm not convinced anymore that, you know, they're gone and we'll see them again when we go to heaven. I think we can have an ongoing relationship with people who crossed over. We just kind of have to let go of the need to have them with us in the physical in order to reach them on the other side. So, yeah, it completely transformed me. What advice would you give to people that have gone through a similar experience? Uh, Well, first of all, I would tell them... uh, not to not to bury it and try to just move on and, and pretend like it never happened. I would tell them to find a group of people that, you know, they can really trust and talk about, you know, how they're feeling, what their process is. You know, there are lots of grief counselors that are trained in helping people go through this, but it's easy to get stuck, especially with suicide and all the guilt that you feel and all the grief, and that kind of holds you back from being able to experience joy in life again. You don't feel like you deserve it. And so I think it's really important for people to process all those feelings, you know, words that they didn't say that they wish they had, you know, signs of, you know, depression that they missed, you know, things that maybe they've done that they regretted. You know, there's just a world of regrets after someone, you know, passes in that way. And I think you need, in order to get beyond that and be able to resume life again you have to process all that in some way yeah you got a great review from forward reviews the dreaming road is a lovely tale about loss healing and what it means to be human that was yeah. great yeah that was very nice very nice yes where can people yes. find out more information about you um i have a website uh it's www.thedreamingroad.com and there's a way to communicate me with me through my website and i'd be glad to talk to anyone who's gone through this process, I, you know, wrote the book. My primary reason for writing was to help other people um, who've experienced a loss through suicide. And, you know, I'd like to be able to help anyone in any way I can. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for calling into the show. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. I'm glad. I really appreciate your having me. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. That was Elizabeth Moore calling in to talk about The Dreaming Road uh, that has just come out. Turning Stone Press. If you missed any part of this, uh, all her info is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org, and uh, our conversation will be up within an hour after I wrap at 10.
in just a couple minutes is another author, Bill Eddy, who has his great book, Five Types of People Who Can Ruin Your Life, Identifying and Dealing with Narcissists, Sociopaths, and Other High-Conflict Personalities. Hmm. I'm sure some of you are going, yep, I can relate. So we'll take a little break, and then uh, Bill will be calling in in just a moment. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. And I do want to mention, if you'd like to be a guest, all you have to do is send me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at KUCI.org. Let me slow down because my name's a little hard to spell. J-A-N-E-A-N-E at KUCI.org. I am on Twitter at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. And KUCI is on Twitter at KUCI-FM. We are on Instagram at KUCI-FM. Tumblr, blog.kuci.org, and Facebook, KCI 88.9. 